unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? I'm fine. I'm in snow-free San Francisco. How are you, Nathan? I'm good. I'm in about to get hammered with snow Colorado as we're recording this. So looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to the return of one of my favorite guests that we've ever had on the show. And I don't want to spoil it. So I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. Well, one of my favorite guests and one of my favorite clients too. We're back with the Sherlock Holmes of marketing, Marin Barraquette. He's put recent and future actions of Apple through a marketing MRI. And all I can say at this point is fasten your seatbelts, big curves in the road ahead. I've known Marin for a few years, ever since he first became my marketing client. His powers of observation and analysis have always impressed me. And there have been times when I've told him I've had to really concentrate and think deeply just to keep up with what he's saying. I've told him that myself more than once. He's a delightful and very perceptive person and quite an effective copywriter and marketer, as you'll soon see once we get the show started properly. But I hope and pray that you don't find anything improper about what I'm about to tell you now. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Marin, you are our returning champion today. Very important. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me, David. Well, let's start with this. Um, we've got a lot to cover. We're calling this Apple's war against Facebook. What's Apple doing now that's having such a big effect on Facebook ads? Well, now and in the near future. Um, well, now now would be accurate. Apple is about to deliver and partly has already delivered a serious knockout punch to Facebook and to Google, to be honest. And if the people, if somebody is listening right now and they've been running ads on either platform, Google ads or Facebook ads, here's what in, is, is in store for you and for all of us. The tremendous advantage that we online marketers have had compared to traditional advertisers is going away. It's disappearing. A few months from now, and it might be a few weeks from now, we will have no way to find out which ads are working and how well they are working and which aren't. Up until now, that's what made online advertising so attractive. We actually knew what worked and didn't work at a very granular, granular level. We could really dive deep and, and see all the data. But Apple is taking very clear steps to make sure anybody using an Apple device, and that's 47% of the US market, um, anybody of those people, that's 47% of the market, we won't be able to get their data anymore. That's major. You know, Being unable to track 50% of the people who see our ads, I don't know if it's better than not being able to track anything at all. 
Okay, well, that's pretty stunning. Um, but we've got some very sophisticated people watching this, and we've got people who are really good at other things, but they don't know what tracking ads means or why this is a knockout punch. So could you give us a, an example from your work as a Facebook advertiser and copywriter? Sure. So uh, take, for example, this one. Last June, June 2020, I launched a Facebook campaign for a client. And it actually did so well that something amazing happened. I got a phone call from Facebook's headquarter, and they actually wanted to congratulate us. Wait, wait, wait. You mean they have people that work there? They have real people, real honest-to-God people. And they gave us a call to congratulate us for basically getting 10 times the response of our competition uh, in, in the niche and actually offered to work with us to help us scale the campaign even further. And wow. I've got to tell you, that was an amazing learning experience, but that's a whole other podcast episode. Okay. Anyway, the reason they called is that at the peak of this campaign, we were paying less than $1 per lead, Australia dollar. So that's even less than US dollar. And earning about $28 for every dollar we spent. So every $1 my client put into Facebook, he got $28 back. That's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. But here's the key thing. If you put aside my copy and the offer I crafted and everything, the success of this campaign really relied on one critical thing. At any given moment, we knew exactly what was working and what was not working. And more important than that, it's not that I knew and my client knew. It's that Facebook knew. Because, and I'm not just talking about how many people clicked and opted in, but Facebook actually knew how many people opted in, watched a webinar, made a phone call, and ended up buying a $5,000 product, okay? And then Facebook optimized all of the campaign for us automatically, okay? So with every day passing, the optimization just got better and better. So not only we paid less for leads, but the lead themselves were leads that were prone to spend more money with us because that's how good Facebook's AI is at figuring out who is the best candidate for your ad. Well, guess what? It's these capabilities that Apple are ripping away from us, okay? So I did the campaign in June last year, asked me to repeat that in June this year, and I'm afraid there's a very slim chance of pulling something like that off again. Those kind of profits are gone, and I think they're gone for everybody. It's not just for me. Okay, so um, that's pretty scary. What's Apple doing? And I hate, I hate I'm always on the show to be the bearer of bad news, but we do have some good news coming up as well. Um, so here's what Apple has been up to. Um, Apple in mid-2017 realized there's an opportunity to become the guardians of privacy. Of privacy. That, that was their thing. Uh, and Nathan is shaking his head as, yeah, as if. Um, so Apple wanted to become the go-to choice for people who value their privacy. And they launched something called ITP, Intelligent Tracking Prevention. And like every product that Apple launches, version one was nothing, nothing intelligent about it. Uh, <laughs> it was lame. And basically every ad platform in the, in, in, in the world got around it like that. But... By the end of 2019, Apple realized that they'll always be in this game of cat and mouse, trying to, they kept doing little revisions in those two years. And every time they did something, you know, they changed something and the Facebook people changed something and never really managed to block and, and protect privacy. Facebook was still getting all the data as well as every other platform. 
So then somebody at Apple had an idea. Why don't we let machines do this? Why don't we incorporate machine learning, give the keys to them, and let them figure out how to block Facebook and Google and every other ad platform? And that actually worked really great. Because now, when Facebook zigged, the algorithm zagged automatically within minutes, if, if, if not less, you know? The good thing was for us marketers is that even though Apple got really good at protecting the privacy, that feature was turned off by default. So unless highly hysterical and annoying people, I'm kidding, <laughs> went into their settings and turned that setting on, then all this fancy algorithm just did not affect anybody, right? So a very small portion of the market was affected by that. That's why, even though it's been around since 2017 and got better 2019, we never talked about it before. It just was not a big deal. But in March 2020, you may remember other events going on. There was some distraction in the media about some kind of, you know, plague around the world. I don't know if people remember. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. At the same time, under the radar, Apple actually pushed a software update that basically added the ability to block ad platforms like Facebook, et cetera, to virtually every web browser on iPhone and iPad. So even if people used Google Chrome, it, behind the scene, it went through this ITP, this intelligent tracking prevention, which is by now intelligent. But they still didn't turn it on until iOS 14 that literally came out a few weeks ago. And that is already affecting data collection on platforms quite significantly, because again, that's losing 50% of the data. But now Apple announced that not only they're, they're not satisfied with just blocking on Safari and Chrome and Edge, et cetera, they're actually going to block on all apps, even apps that don't belong to them whatsoever. So starting in the next few weeks, and, and that's why, why we're having this call today, right? Not only the intelligent tracking prevention system will be turned on by default, no matter which browser you use, but also no matter which apps you use, like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the stuff that these platforms could collect data from, those apps, too, will not be able to provide any data for our campaigns, which means they close the tab. So by having the ITP on by default, Apple has really put a chokehold on the the data conversation that was helping us do so well with the tracking and, and the return on investment for the ads, correct? Yeah, it's not just ads, you know, this data, let's, let's beneath the fancy words, this tracking technology is basically feedback, right? Mm -hmm. And part of this feedback is when somebody opens an email, there's a tracking pixel there that tells your CRM that somebody opened your email. If people have seen their email open rates tank in January, it might not be your emails. It might be all your Apple users not tracking opens properly anymore. Okay. And this feedback, as I was saying, on a website level, it's just your website reporting back to Facebook. Hey, this thing happened. You know, you sent me traffic. Here's what happened with that. So let's let's run Becky down. There's three critical ways online advertisers rely on this mechanism, this feedback mechanism, whether they realize it or not, and I think they need to be aware of. Can, can we dive into that? Yeah. So as I said, the feedback is how Google Ads, 
Facebook ads, Google Analytics, et cetera, can tell us which ad is working, which ad isn't working. And without this feedback, we will keep running ads and just wasting money because we wouldn't know any better. It's like back to direct mail days where you just had no idea until 30, 60 days later if the campaign was a success or not. That's the first problem. Without the feedback, we just don't know what piece of copy is working and, and what's not. We'll be spending more money and getting worse results, basically, because even today, almost all platforms, they figure out which copy is working, which isn't, and they're limiting the spending on what's not working for us automatically. The second way we rely on this feedback mechanism without even realizing it is what I mentioned earlier. Facebook and other platforms use it to figure out who responds to our ads. And that is like the one of the best thing about internet marketing. It adjusts, adjusts automatically by now. So when Facebook sees a guy spending $5,000 on your website, they go, hey, I actually know a lot about this guy. I can figure out which kind of people are prone to response to respond based on that. But Apple took that away from us as well. So that optimization, which often makes a difference between a campaign that is a pure loss and a campaign that's a home run, is out the window too. And then lastly, um, we lose the ability to see the big picture. And this is critical. I, I run a lot of campaigns for my clients and very often we find that campaigns that bring in the more expensive leads are actually those that bring in the most sales. And the cheap leads often don't convert. But when we lose the ability to track the full funnel, we lose the ability to understand what are we supposed to invest in. So you might go and chase the cheaper leads and you wouldn't know that you're missing out on a huge, huge portion of potential sales because you're only seeing that part of the picture instead of the big picture. So put these three things together, losing the ability to optimize the ads, losing the ability to optimize the target audience, and losing the ability to track results properly. And you get a world where business owners have a lot of trouble making money with online marketing. Okay. But if that wasn't bad enough, you, you told me when we were getting ready to do this that Google's up to some things too. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Google is scary, as always. Um, at the beginning... The, the, the early signs when Apple came out with this were that Google were going to fight back just like Facebook. And Facebook is actually filing an antitrust uh, lawsuit against Apple trying to stop them, which is hilarious. But Google has a huge ad, ad platform as well that relies on the same mechanism. And what they have decided to do is concede and actually say, that is a great idea. We're shutting ours down as well and moving in a different direction. So. Google will be implementing the same anti-tracking measures on their system. So now it's not going to be 50% of the market, the, which is the Apple devices. It's going to be 100% of the market or 99% of the market because it's Google and it's Apple together. So anybody who's not running ads and not preparing for what's coming may find themselves in, in trouble. Okay, I can see why you're sounding the alarm now. Um, but let's talk about some of our listeners who are using Facebook advertising right now. Uh, sometimes people panic or people, you know, crawl under the covers and try and pretend it's, this isn't really happening. What are mistakes they might be making that they should avoid at all costs if possible? 
Okay, so first of all, those who are advertising on Facebook would have seen by now the bazillion warning messages around the, the Facebook business section. There's a Facebook advertiser account. Anywhere you look, there's a huge warning about iOS 14, and it actually describes all the steps Facebook recommends you take, to which I say, beware. Some of those steps, if you do them wrong, could actually break your tracking completely and leave, it, leave you in, in an even bigger trouble. That's, you know, first thing to be said. Second thing is, don't ignore this. I know in, in online marketing, there's always these fears that something is going away, something is changing. No, this is happening. It's, it's happening now. I'm already seeing open rates and tracking rates dropping and click-through rates dropping. And I can confirm it's just because the clicks are not reporting back. The feedback is blocked. So... If you're wondering, maybe it won't impact me much. Yes, it will. It absolutely, absolutely will, and probably already is. If you're advertising online, your business could fall through the floor the second Apple pulls the final trigger of this iOS update. And I would say, lastly, don't try to comfort yourself with the belief that some new ad platform will pop up and promise that they can override all these blocks. Because as I said, with machine learning blocking, it's just ain't going to happen. And if it happens, it's going to be very short-lived. And with Google disabling it on uh, the whole thing on their system too, it, it just ain't going to happen. The, the feedback system as we know it, it's, it's gone. Okay. And I already said, Apple controls 47% of the online market. Let's just talk about Apple for a second. Leave what's happening with Google aside. Facebook already looked into... What would be the implications once Apple puts this block in, in full effect, okay, for small businesses? And they recently put out a statement that said, and, and listen very closely, listener of the show, I was going to say, listen closely even more than you've been. Our studies show, this is from Facebook, that without personalized ads powered by data, small businesses could see a cut of over 60% of website sales from ads, 60%. So three out of five sales you used to get, gone. Think about it. Great. Well, before I jump out the window, um, do you have any suggestions for positive things we can do? Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between, it costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. I actually have some news for you, David, that you even ha haven't heard yet because it's just from today. But let's start with short-term immediate action. The first thing people need to do if they're advertising on Facebook, is to complete what Facebook calls domain validation process. It's a special process in the Facebook business manager allowing the advertiser to prove that he or she are the lawful owner 
of any domain they want to send traffic to. By the way, the only person who can do this is the actual owner of that business and of that domain. So if you're running ads for other clients, you'll need to do what I do, which is to sit and screen share with them and walk them through it step by step. You cannot do it even if you have admin privileges to their account. Believe me, I tried. It cannot be done. It has to be them. Okay, so short-term step number one, domain validation on Facebook. Short-term step number two is setting up something called aggregated event measurement. And that, that's a mouthful, but it's pretty straightforward. What it does, if you do this right, is it will probably allow you to keep tracking events on your website even after the block came into effect. It's some sort of agreement that's shaping up between Apple and Facebook. And basically, you will be able to track some events in a limited way, but you'll get the data in a three days delay. So you won't see clicks on the ad and conversions right away. It will suddenly appear three days later in Facebook. But hey, having some data is better than no data at all. So step two short term is defining those aggregated events that you want to keep tracking. So that can be events like viewed content, lead, add to cart, initiate checkout, purchase, etc. You can choose up to eight of them and you need to choose wisely because step three in the short-term plan is prioritizing these events. Now, I don't wanna get into too much detail, but this is where most people would screw this up badly because the way priorities work is Apple will only let you track the one most important event in that list, okay? So say a person clicks your ad, opts in for your lead magnet, signs up for a webinar, makes a phone call, and ends up purchasing on the website the next day. Up until the Apple change, we could see all of those events very, very easily in the, in the Facebook analytics, Google analytics, et cetera. But after the change, you only get one event per person and you need to choose. Am I optimizing for lead magnets more than I am for uh, showing up for the webinar, more than I am for phone calls, more than I am for purchases? And that is a question that has to be answered, not just with business goals, but with actual understanding about how the system works. And there's some math to be done behind the scenes to actually reach the right way to set it up, okay? So prioritization, this step will dramatically vary between businesses depending on what they want to do. It's not a straightforward decision. And if you get that wrong, then bummer. Uh, that's data down the drain you're not going to see ever again. And if you skip it because you're not sure what to do, uh, Facebook will set up priorities for you and... Facebook don't own your business. They don't run it. They don't know what's important to you, right? They're just guessing. So how would they know what your goals are, okay? So uh, I will mention a way people can get help with setting up these prioritization. Do you have any questions before I talk about the more long-term approach? No, no questions. We're going to keep going. All right. So long-term approach. First thing is there may be some tools that will help us connect the dots from other systems that are not website tracking, such as based on emails and CRM and stuff like that, and still connected to the ads. I know they are still in, they're not even in beta, they're in alpha. But if, if you want more details, reach out to me and uh, I may be able to connect you. That's one thing. Um, if that doesn't pan out, the long-term plan is people need to start looking at the marketing files. 
differently. You need to understand that more of your marketing has to happen inside the platforms. Because once you pull a person out of Facebook, you can't track what's going on. You can't, and Facebook can't track what's going on with that person, so they can't optimize. And I foresee that the optimization gap will be so big, it will actually be much more effective to get people as close as you can to conversion through the platforms themselves. But there's a huge difference between selling on video on Facebook or getting a person to your landing page where there's no distractions and you can dominate the conversation and 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 they can't go anywhere to look at cats. So you need to get good at doing native marketing on the platforms themselves. Okay? Yeah. That's that's the long-term thing. You need to start looking at Facebook and other like YouTube and stuff, not as a source of traffic you can convert, but as a place where the initial conversion takes place. All right. Um, and and those little tweaks make a big difference, don't they? Yeah, and it's it's not even necessarily little tweaks, to be honest. Uh, it, that depends on how what your funnel looks like now. To be to be very honest, and and this is where working with somebody like me who has done this and has figured it out before can make a big difference between you know, trial and error that will take forever at higher ad costs than ever, or hopefully achieving a better results much, 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 much quicker. I, I agree. Well, it sounds like we could fill three more episodes just diving deeper into the strategies you just outlined, Marin, but um, we're sort of at the end of the road on this one. Can people reach out to you if they want more detailed help with this? Absolutely. So first of all, I know I freaked people out talking about that prioritization of ads and how you're going to break everything if you don't do this right. So I created a website called saveyourstats.com. And it's just an easy landing page. And it's easy to remember because you want to save your stats. And there I'm going to put the links for all the steps you need to take on Facebook, as well as several warnings on what to do and what not to do. There's also contact details if you want to work with me on applying these changes to your funnel and you can use the same contact details to inquire about this software tool I mentioned earlier as well. That sounds awesome. Uh, Nathan, you you probably should have jumped in earlier, but um, you were just sitting there nodding and listening and taking it all in. Do you have any questions or comments? One real quick question. I, I remain silent because this information is so important, so pertinent to copywriters right now. Uh, I did have a the conspiracy theory guy inside of me doesn't trust that Apple is actually doing this because they care about my privacy. And then when I heard that Google is doing the same thing, and I definitely don't think Google cares about my privacy. I feel like there's an ulterior motive here that we might not be looking at. And I wondered if you had any, any opinion about if there's a reason other than protecting our privacy that these companies are doing this. Sure. So I obviously cannot say for sure why they're doing this. For some reason, Apple hasn't put me on board of directors yet. I don't know <laughs> what to deal with that. But let's start with Google. Google are planning to eliminate uh, third-party cookies, which is a nice way of saying tracking, uh, and, and even first-party cookies to a certain degree in 2023 or 2022. And now they're saying, hey, we're going to do this all along. And it's true because Google realized that being having so much information about how people behave, what they watch on YouTube and how they bounce from one video to another and where they go after that, combined with the strongest machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, power plant in the world, 
combined with the fact that Google have achieved quantum supremacy lately, um, they they have announced that they believe you don't need website tracking to achieve similar results by using aggregated data. And they're not saying more than that, but they're calling it federal localized something. Even though the use of the word federal scares the hell out of me. Um, so that's that's one. Google have machine learning ready to go. They believe, I think, they have a huge advantage over other ad platforms, and they believe their users will be able to use that. Uh, so that's Google's interest. Apple, you know, the number one app model in the world is free apps that are powered. You know, the, the revenue comes from ads. The problem is when is when when free apps show ads from Google or Facebook, Apple doesn't get paid, and be, they don't get paid for the downloads either. But if you murder that model completely, and, and it is going to happen. Facebook and Google have announced they may completely cancel their in-app ad uh, program for iOS. It's going away. Like, they're just, there's nothing to do here anymore kind of thing. Um, if that happens, people either need to use Apple's network, so Apple sees money, or they need to charge money for the app, so Apple sees more money. And I love Apple, but I don't think there was anything altruistic about this privacy thing. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the boat of I think that Apple saw how much money Google and Facebook were making and they said, "Hey, we can get on in, in on this game too." So, I'm right. I'm expecting that Apple after they've got this rolled out, they're going to say, "Well, it doesn't make sense to advertise with these guys anymore, but if you want to reach that audience, you can advertise with us." Mm-hmm. And also this thing of this agreement of a generic and uh, a generic events that are still reported but retroactively how long until apple says okay facebook now you need to pay us to get that data mm-hmm. yeah okay so a lot of changes coming soon before we're out of here one more time i want to give you the chance to let people know where they can go to kind of prepare for this and contact you if they want if they want to talk to you further about this so if you want to save your stats from tanking and just becoming a total shit show, go to saveyourstats.com and you'll find everything there. Awesome. Marin, thank you so much for coming on. David, another Grand Slam episode that you put together. And uh, I, man, I really enjoyed this episode. So thank you both. Yeah, thank you, Marin. I know you put a lot into this and thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, until next time, if you want to check out more of this podcast, you can go to copywriterspodcast.com and we will see you next time. See you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app so we can get into ears of more listeners. Thank you. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.